morning, everybody, and great to uh, see you. Uh, welcome to River Glen, whether you are uh, joining us online or at our campus in Waukesha or uh, Pewaukee. Great, good to have you with us. Good to see you, and uh, thank you for joining us for church. Hey, before I get started, I want to let you know next weekend is a uh, really special weekend. We celebrate uh, baptisms. We, we love to celebrate uh, baptisms. Baptism is a beautiful ceremony where you express your decision to give your life to Jesus. And if you'd like to do that, if you have questions about that, uh, let us know. You can just fill out the welcome card. You can stop by the connect wall. We've got everything that you need, and we'd love to do that for you. And, and then in two weeks, uh, we're beginning a new uh, message series going through the New Testament book, the New Testament letter called First Timothy. The Apostle Paul wrote this near the end of his life to a younger Jesus follower named uh, Timothy, and uh, we're calling it What I Wish I'd Known Sooner, and I think it's going to be really helpful for all of us. Well, today is uh, one of my favorite weekends of the year. This is an historic weekend. Every weekend, we take up an offering to fuel our mission, but today, uh, when we take up the offering later on in the service, we're giving it all away, every single penny of it, to meet some important needs in the lives of people locally. Uh, regionally and uh, globally. Today's the fourth time uh, that we've done an offering uh, giveaway. We just keep doing it because there's so many needs to meet and because you always respond uh, so positively and uh, generously. Uh, when you combine the first three uh, offering uh, giveaways, check this out. That's the total of money that uh, we've given away uh, so far. Isn't that great? Yeah. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you so uh, much. Uh, take a look at how we will share part of this weekend's offering. Take a look. God has called us to simply love people so that they know him. And today we get to celebrate with a big offering giveaway. Each and every penny of our generosity is being given away and it's going to four key areas. Our fourth area is expanding God's kingdom through church planting. By supporting church planters all around the world, you get to be part of fulfilling our mission of making more and better followers of Jesus. Let's hear from our church planters. Hello, River Glen family. It is so good to be with you all today. My name is Ike Miller, and I'm the pastor of Bright City Church here in Durham, North Carolina. And just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to your church and to your generosity to us. We are almost three years old as a church, which means we've spent almost half of our life as a church in a pandemic, which is just crazy for us. And, and you guys have been one of those means by which God has provided for us. And just want to say thank you to what you've done and uh, for what you continue to do for us. River Glen Christian Church. I am Jose Rodriguez. I am a senior pastor of Central Church Panama. Thank you very much for all your support, your prayer for us. We are very happy because today it was an amazing time and worship. And it's amazing we have with all the team. Thank you very much. And one applause for you. Hey, thank you, River Glen. If you open up to Matthew 11, 28 through 30, You'll find an invitation there to do life different. And that's our hope, that we could share this, this different way of living with people. Uh, and the partnership with River Glen is, uh, is just something special to us. 
Today in service, we'll hear from our newest church planter and partnership. River Glen has always had a heart for church planting, bringing communities together to know God and serve others for Him. We can't wait to see how God moves through your generosity for our community and our world. Hey, everybody. Let's welcome Mike and Tiffany Orta. Yeah. So glad to have you guys join us uh, this weekend. Uh, thrilled to have you, thrilled to partner uh, with you to help plant uh, City House Church in Milwaukee. I want you to hear about uh, their plans to start their new church. And uh, I want to start out and ask you guys to tell us about the vision that God's put on your heart. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys so much for allowing us to be here. Um, it's a very big honor for us. But um, Tiffany and I have been in ministry now for about 14 years. And uh, we always knew, uh, we've served in a lot of different positions and uh, held a lot of titles, but in that we always kind of felt maybe one day God would call us to start a church. Uh, we really hoped he wouldn't because it's really hard and difficult. Um, but um, when we felt like God said, okay, now this is the time, everything I've brought you through, every position you've held, everything you've experienced is, is for right now. Um, so, you know, plant this church. And when we asked God where, there was only one place that stuck out, which was downtown Milwaukee. Um, and so uh, I ended up doing a 40-day fast, no food for 40 days. Can I get an amen? That's crazy hard and difficult. And your boy, is, that's, not, that's not easy, you know. Um, but in that, I felt like God gave us a word for our church and a vision and a mission for our church. And the word was reconciliation. Um, and I didn't even know how deep that word was, especially for the inner city of Milwaukee. But um, that word means to restore relationship between. And so when I started thinking about the context and where we we're going to go start this church, um, man, you guys know being in this area... The, the division and the segregation, especially in downtown Milwaukee, is huge. And so um, our mission and our heart and our vision for this church is to reconcile people back to God through Jesus and each other. And I finally saw, like, a, a glimpse of what this could look like, and it was during game six of the Bucks uh, championship run. And uh, I remember I was watching 70,000 people at, at Deer District. And it didn't matter if you were black, white, Hispanic, if you were rich or poor, female, male. It didn't matter. If you were wearing a Bucks jersey, you got a high five, a handshake, and COVID all at the same time. And so for us, it was a, but I felt like God speak to me in that moment when I was watching. He said, now just imagine. Just imagine what it would look like if people were unified for my glory like that. And so for us, that's our heart and that's our vision for City House yeah. Church. An inspiring vision. Love it. Yeah, that is so needed. Tell us about your, your plans and your timeline uh, moving forward. So one of our core values as a church is that we believe big, but we're going to start small. So right now we are building into the DNA of our church. Um, a lot of the things that you're seeing in your church, the generosity in your church, is the reason why City House, before we ever have a service, we were able to support another inner city church in Detroit. Generosity like yours is the reason that City House, before we ever have a service, can support missionaries in the Andes Mountains. Because of churches like this, our little tiny church gets to start small in building this kind of generosity into our DNA. On top of that, right now, we are mobilizing our team to help serve at the homeless shelter that's downtown. So we're cooking meals for 50 to 60 people this week. Um, and we've only got like eight people on our team, but they're ready to go. They're just ready to serve and love the city. So... From now until March 20th, 2022, that's our official launch date, we are just going to keep building in um, the heart of God into the DNA of this church. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. I want to pray for these guys. 
Uh, before I do that, I want to let you know, Mike and Tiffany are going to be in the lobby. And uh, stop by and say hello, speak a word of encouragement to them. And maybe you know somebody who might be interested in being part of City House Church. Uh, let them know. There's some information available. There's a QR code up on the screen. There are website if you'd like to find out more or if you'd like to contact uh, them. Let me pray uh, for us. God, thank you so much uh, for Mike and Tiffany Orta, for their boldness, for their courage, for their faith, for the vision that, they've, that you've given them. Thank you for, for sending them here to start this new church that is so needed. I pray that you'll use River Glen today and I pray you'll use other churches to support them and help them launch this new church, bring them lots of people and help them get off to a really strong start so that they can make a big impact uh, for you now and forever. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give them a hand, show them our appreciation. All right, today we're continuing this series. We've been calling it uh, Simplify because, you know, many times people say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so exhausted, I'm so stressed out. And oftentimes we blame externals. It's just, it's all the things I got to get done at home. It's the stress and the demands and the pace of my uh, job. But what if the reason we feel so much stress is more internal? What if the real issue is a cluttered and dissatisfied soul. And so each week of this series, we've looked at a teaching of Jesus to help us simplify our lives and unclutter our hearts and experience more uh, joy. So I want to begin with a couple questions for you. Here's the first one. Who is the most generous person that you know? You know, maybe you're thinking of a, an acquaintance or a friend or a family member. Who's the person you go, they are the most generous person that, that I know in my life. All right, here's the second question. Who is the wealthiest person that you know? Of all your friends, family members, and acquaintances, who's the person that has the most money? Now, did you answer with the same person for both questions? You know, maybe, maybe you did. As I was thinking about it this week, I thought about someone who I know who is uh, very, very wealthy, but they are extremely generous. So it's possible that you thought of the same person or maybe not, because there's a difference between having a lot and giving a lot. Now, there's nothing wrong with having wealth. We all aspire to a certain level of wealth. But there's a difference between having and giving. Today, I want to make a case that the happiest people are not the ones who have the most. The happiest people, the most joyful people, they're the ones who give the, the most. This idea actually comes from uh, Jesus. Jesus said it this way in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This word blessed in the original language carries the idea of happiness. To be blessed is to be made happy by God. You could, you could translate this verse to say, happier are those who give than those who receive. And research actually backs this up, by the way. A recent Gallup poll found that one of the primary indicators of satisfaction in a person's life was donating money. You'd think it would be the opposite. You would think that having money would be a primary uh, factor of, of satisfaction, but it wasn't. A primary factor of satisfaction is donating money because it's more blessed to give 
than to receive. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to share with you uh, three reasons uh, why it's more blessed to give than to receive. But before they do that, I want, you to, I want you to think about something. I can't really think of any inspirational or emotional uh, stories about buying or consuming uh, something. You know, we don't, we don't burst into tears when we buy a new iPhone. I've never talked to anybody who uh, said, oh, I just bought my first flat screen TV and I cried tears driving it home. Or we don't get emotional buying Milwaukee Brewer uh, playoff tickets. Uh, maybe we'll get emotional after the season, hopefully, right? But there isn't a lot of inspiration about what we buy and consume. However, there are lots of inspiring stories of people who give generously. And I want to show one of those to you. Take a look. He's faster than a speeding stroller, more adorable than a wet kitten, and able to get a stranger's attention with a single courtesy. Excuse me? This is America's latest superhero. Don't forget to show love. And the only superhero with the power to feed the homeless. Now, why do you do that? You know what, Mr. C? It's just the right thing to do. Is it? Yes. You want honey? By day, Austin Pirine is a mild-mannered four-year-old from Birmingham, Alabama. But about once a week, he turns into this alter ego. Would you like a sandwich? A superhero set on feeding as many homeless people as possible. Thank you. What's your superhero name? President Austin. Uh-huh. President Austin. President Austin. President Austin. That's his idea of what the president is supposed to do. I was like, buddy, you have no idea. <laughs> but hey, I'm going along with it. TJ says this all began when they were watching a TV show about pandas. It showed a mama panda abandoning a baby. TJ told his son the cub was now homeless. He says, what's homeless? I said, well, it's when you don't have a home and sometimes you don't have mom or dad around. I can tell what the follow-up question is going to be. Yeah, are people homeless? When I was a four-year-old, I didn't care about helping people. I did. I see. Once Austin learned some people are homeless and some are even hungry, he launched this caped crusade told his mom and dad that he wanted all his allowance and money they would spend on toys Here you go. to go toward chicken sandwiches instead. Oh, thank you, baby. You're welcome. Don't forget to show love. After he gives out each sandwich, yes. he gives each person that same bit of advice. Don't forget to show love. Don't forget to show love, he tells them. And most do, immediately. Well, thank you. It warms my heart to see him. It don't warm anyone's heart. Yeah, he really did, man. Raymond Boss says this kid gives him hope. That's, that's, that's where it starts. Don't forget to show love. Everyone who meets Austin leaves with hope. Which is why, with any luck, someday President Austin won't be a superhero anymore. Being the homeless is the highlight of my life. He'll just be a president. All right, come on, Austin. Steve Hartman on the road in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, great story. Yeah. He said, feeding the homeless is the highlight of my life. Little four-year-old Austin has discovered that uh, happiness comes from generosity. And I need to hear stories like that because I can become as materialistic. I can get as materialistic as anybody. I need reminding that it's more blessed to give than to receive. You can buy a bed. You can't buy sleep. You can buy a clock, but you can't buy time. You can buy medicine, 
but you can't buy health. You can buy quiet, but you can't buy peace. You can buy entertainment, but you can't buy joy. Those words were first spoken by a man named Chuck Sackett, and I think he's right. I mean, entertainment can bring a certain level of joy, right? But real joy, deep down, lasting joy. I mean, that's not something you can, you can buy at a store or find at Amazon. Jesus said the happiest people, the most joyful people, they're not the ones who have the most. They're the ones who give the most. And so I want to share with you three reasons why that is, is true. Here's the first reason. Because giving moves your heart closer to Jesus. Because there's a connection between your heart and your money. Jesus said it this way, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. Notice the order here. Your, your treasure, your money will dictate your heart and your thoughts. But we tend to think it's the opposite. We tend to think, you know, whatever is in my heart, you know, whatever I'm passionate about, that's what I'm going to use my money for. But according to Jesus, your money has the power to dictate where your heart and your thoughts actually uh, go. Here's how it works. Our team made this uh, little prop with uh, money chained to your uh, heart. And, you know, wherever you spend your money, your treasure, that's where your heart, that's where your thoughts will follow. Some of you go, I'm not sure that's true. I think it's the other way around. I think it's where, uh, I think it's your heart that dictates your, your, your money, your treasure. But I want to try to prove to you that what Jesus taught is actually true. Have you ever bought a stock before, for example? Have you ever bought stock? Have you ever invested in a company uh, before, uh, you know, b- before you invested, you probably didn't check the stock very often. But all of a sudden, after you buy the stock, you're on that app, you know, every day checking on it. You drive by the company and you go, hey, I own stock in that company because your treasure, your money dictates where your heart will go. Or you bought a new F-150 truck and you love that truck. You drove it off the, the, the lot, and then what happened? You start noticing F-150s all over. You started seeing them everywhere because now all of a sudden your treasure, your money dictates where your heart and your thoughts go. It's why teenagers don't, don't like to watch HGTV. You know, maybe you're a teenager and you're like, I love, hey, I love to watch HGTV. Okay, that's a little unusual uh, because most teenagers don't like to watch HGTV. Why? Because they've never spent money on a house. But teenagers, you know, one day they'll go away to college and they'll meet somebody and they'll get married. And then a few years later, they might buy a house. And one day they're sitting around thinking, what should we do this weekend? One of them says, let's go to the parade of homes. The other one says, that sounds fantastic. And they go to the parade of, the home, parade of homes, and then they find themselves looking at each other going, what are we doing here? Three years ago, we never would have done this. It's because your treasure, your money dictates where your heart and your thoughts go. With that in mind, if you want Jesus to have more of your heart, if you want to give Jesus more of your heart, if you want more of his love and joy and happiness in, in your heart, uh, what do you do? You give to the things of God. Look at what Jesus says about this in Matthew chapter 25. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, 
you did for me. In other words, when we give to this group of people, Jesus calls them the least of these. When we give to the least of these, we actually give to Jesus. We actually love Jesus. We worship Jesus from our heart by giving to the least of these. So who are the least of these? The least of these, according to Jesus, are people who experience physical poverty. These are people who who don't have a home. They don't have enough food to put on the table. They don't have adequate clothing. But it's not just physical poverty. It can also be relational or spiritual. It's people who have all kinds of money, but they don't have love. It's people who have a good life, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And God wants you and me to fulfill their least with our more. And you know what? We've got a great opportunity today to do that together. For example, through the offering today, River Glen is sponsoring several children who attend a local elementary school, but they've got some great needs uh, right now. One of the children is a second grader who is currently homeless. Well, uh, her, her family lives in a shelter and tries to get back on their uh, feet. This eight-year-old girl, along with several other children, will receive care and attention and food and time to be a kid and play with their friends in a safe environment after school. We're also giving part of the offering today to the Hebron House in Waukesha. The Hebron House provides shelter for the homeless, which is a growing problem in Waukesha and Pewaukee. Last year, the Hebron House provided almost 18,000 nights of shelter. And uh, we're going to give them a gift to buy appliances for their facilities because they use them so much. We're also giving to the construction of a new duplex house in downtown Waukesha through a partnership with Habitat for Humanity. Habitat makes it possible for low-income families to afford housing. We're also giving to Bethany Christian Services. Many of you have probably heard of their adoption services. But now they've built a recovery center in Oconomowoc to help women change the direction of their life with a recovery center for addiction that treats the whole person, including space for their children. But what they really need is a playground for the children who'll be staying there with their moms. And so with your generosity today, we're building a playground for them on Saturday, October 16th, along with uh, some other service projects as well. And we also, we're going to pack and send more meals to Panama City, Panama, through our partnership with Central Church and Lifeline Christian Mission. We did this last year. We, we sent 100,000 meals. This year we've increased it to 130,000 meals. We're going to pack these meals on November 11th and 12th, and we, we, we would love to have you join us. Last year we had over 600 people help with the meal packing event, and we had a blast because it's, it's more blessed Uh, to to give than to receive. And in March of 2022, we're sending a team from River Glen on a mission trip to Panama to help Pastor Jose and Central Church with the work that they're doing. Signups are open on our website. You can also stop at the Connect Wall in the lobby. And we also have the opportunity to support three new churches through the offering today. Two of them have launches coming up, 1128 Community in Oak Creek, the end of this month. City House Church, you heard from Mike and Tina, Tiffany earlier about their launch in March of 2022. Do you know that only 7% of churches multiply through church planting? 
only 7%. And we need uh, more churches. The population of the United States is estimated to increase 100 million people in the next 30 years. We need more uh, churches to keep up. And 42% of people who attend new churches didn't attend church before. I'm, I'm grateful to be part of a church that generously supports new churches. Well, those are just some of the projects that we will support today through the offering giveaway. We added it all up, all the projects that we'd like to do. And here's the total, $155,000, which is the largest goal we've ever had for an offering giveaway. It's about three times our normal weekend offering. It's a stretch for us, but I believe we can do it if everybody participates and remembers that when we give to the least of these, we're actually giving to Jesus. We're actually loving Jesus. And it fills our hearts with joy and peace and happiness. Here's a second reason why it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you don't use it uh, for good, you'll lose it. If you don't use it, if you don't use your money for good, you end up losing it. Back in 1992, a group of students from Concordia University went on a trip to Israel. They went to the city of Caesarea, right next to the city of Jerusalem. During the archaeological dig, one of the students made a surprising discovery. He discovered 99 gold coins in a, in a, in a box. And they dated these gold coins back to 30 AD when Jesus walked on the earth. Can you imagine being that guy, you know, with 99 gold coins in 30 AD? That was a huge fortune of money, And he puts them in a box and he shoves them under his bed and he thinks tomorrow, I'm not getting last year's model. I'm getting this year's uh, model and I'm not going to rent. I'm not going to lease. I'm pulling the trigger. Tomorrow, I'm buying me a brand new donkey and it's going to be the lowest riding donkey in Jerusalem. There's going to be spinners on the hooves. You know, they're spinning this way and then they're spinning uh, the other way. But then he dies. And those gold coins sit under his bed for thousands and thousands of, of, of years. Even if he had bought the donkey, the donkey would be long gone by now. Which illustrates what Jesus said about storing up treasures on earth. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and, and steal. Doesn't mean it's wrong to spend, to spend money on, on the things of, of, of this earth. But at least it should remind us that the goal of life is not to end up with the most stuff. John D. Rockefeller was one of the wealthiest men who ever lived. When he died, somebody asked his accountant, how much money did Rockefeller leave behind? And without missing a beat, the, the, the accountant said, all of it. Because you can't take anything with you when you uh, die. And so here's the good news. Jesus said that you can send it ahead. Look at what he says in the next verse here. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Now, we all know what it means to store something. It means to uh, set it aside, to put it away so that you can access it later. But what does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? I mean, I don't know that there's a bank of heaven. I've never heard of a bank of, of heaven. I don't even know if there is money in heaven. So what does Jesus mean when he says you should store up your treasures in heaven? I think what he means is that if you will give a portion of the earthly treasure 
that God has given to you and you invest in something eternal like people and their eternal lives, you're actually making an investment in your own future. And that's really smart to do. And if you talk to any financial planner and you say, hey, you know, should I just spend, you know, all of my money now and, and, and you know, worry about tomorrow, uh, later on? Or should I save some of my money and invest it in my future? Every financial planner is going to say, you've got to save. You've got to invest in your future. But here's my question. Why do we stop financial planning at death? If, if we believe in Jesus, right? I mean, we believe that we're going to go to heaven and spend eternity uh, with him. And so then why don't we ask this question? Have I planned financially for, for th that season of my existence? Have I planned financially for after the grave? See, Jesus is not condemning our desire for treasure. No, no, no. He's redirecting our desire for treasure. He says, don't, don't store your treasure here on earth. Store your treasure in heaven where it will last. So what are, what are these treasures in heaven? He doesn't give details here. But elsewhere in scripture, Jesus says that he's preparing a home for each one of us in heaven. One translation of the Bible calls it a mansion in heaven. Maybe that's the Maybe that's the treasure in heaven. Or maybe it's what Paul talks about in the New Testament when he talks about a crown. He says, you will receive a crown of righteousness in heaven. It's, the crown is recognition. It's, it's some kind of reward in heaven. And because we know these treasures in heaven will last forever, storing up treasures in heaven, it brings us joy right now. That's why it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's why the happiest uh, people are, are not the ones who have the most. The happiest people, the most joyful people are those who give the most. Here's one more reason why it's more blessed to give than to receive. You will make a real difference. You know, something that all of us have in common. We all want to make a difference. We all want to make an impact in this world with our one and only life. God God put that desire inside each of us. I mean, we know we're not here just to take up space and consume air. We want to make a difference. Somebody uh, texted me a picture uh, on my phone last Sunday. There it is. And uh, it made me uh, smile. Uh, because many years ago when River Glen started, we rented space in a local school. And we bought hundreds of these blue chairs. We set them up every Sunday. We used them for church. People sat in them. But when we moved out to this property in 2004, we didn't need these chairs anymore. And so we gave, we gave them away. There was a church starting in the Chicago area, the Village Church, and we gave them hundreds of these blue, blue chairs. And the Village Church used those blue chairs for many years and they grew. And then last Sunday, the Village Church started a new location, a new campus and they used these same blue chairs at their new location. A friend of mine attended the grand opening and, and uh, texted me that picture. And it made me smile to know that something we gave has made a difference. I mean, I mean, many people have found Jesus sitting in these blue chairs. And that's one of the reasons why it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because there is so much joy knowing that we made a difference. And so I want you to think ahead, all right? Use your imagination. 
Think about how the money that we give today is going to make a difference. Play the movie forward. Imagine in heaven someday, somebody comes up to you and, and they say, we don't really know each other, but I had a rough, grew up in a rough home. My mom struggled to work two jobs and make ends meet. I started running around with the wrong crowd of, 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 at, at school. But this church helped my family with housing. And one day, one of my friends at school invited me to this thing called The Edge, which is a middle school ministry at River Glen Church. And I heard about Jesus and the difference that he can make in your, in your life, a relationship with him. And I gave my life to Jesus. And it has never been the same. And I know you gave to this church. And I thought you should know. Imagine running into somebody... In, in, in heaven, and they say to you, I was 35 years old, and I was really struggling. I lost my job during COVID. I felt hopeless. But then I heard about this new church starting in Oak Creek called 1128 Community, and I heard about Jesus, and I started following him, and it made a difference in my life and my family. We've, we've never been the same. And when you gave to River Glen Church, they gave to 1128 Community, and I benefited from that. Thank you. Imagine running into somebody in heaven and they say, I grew up in, in Panama. The pandemic hit really hard. Food was scarce. But this church, this church packed and sent meals that fed my family. And we started attending Central Church where we found Jesus. When you gave to River Glen, I benefited from that. Thank you. you you'll experience great joy knowing that you made a, a difference. That's why the happiest people, the most joyful people are not those who have the most. The happiest people are those who give the most. And so I want to challenge each of us uh, today, whether you're, you know, in person uh, with us or whether you're watching online to prayerfully participate in the offering giveaway. And I want you to know that uh, Marnie and I, we love this weekend and we are excited to give our, our largest gift of, of the year. And I want to encourage you um, to, to join us, pray about it, and give what God leads you uh, to give. And I know some of you, you know, uh, might be new to River Glen. Maybe you just started attending a few weeks ago, a few months ago. And we're glad you're here. And I can't think of a, of a, better, a better way for you to take your next step and to join us on the Jesus mission by helping those whose need is so great. You're welcome to jump in with us uh, today. Now, there's a few ways that you can uh, give today. You can use the uh, offering envelope that's in the seat back in front of you, or you can, you can go ahead and take your phone out right now, and you can text the word River Glen to the number on the screen. You'll receive some simple instructions uh, to follow. Or you can use, there's a QR code up on the screen. It's also on the flap on the um, Envelope. Just open your camera on your phone and aim it at that uh, code. You can also give electronically to this offering before midnight tonight. All the money given this week, this weekend, up until uh, midnight tonight will be given away. So here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to pray. And then during this next song, uh, we're going to have communion and offering. We're going to do them together, which is a little different for us. We've got several stations. We've got, I think, three stations on the stage here. We've got a couple more in the back of the uh, room where you can go and pick up your communion um, and give your offering. 
There's two boxes, one for the communion and one for um, your offering. We're going to have the music playing and uh, we're going to give you plenty of time. If you're watching online, I want to invite you to participate and join us for communion and offering. You can grab bread or crackers and juice and you can click on the give button provided by your host. I want you to think about it this way. Communion represents God's love to us. God saw our need and he didn't just feel sorry for us. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, sacrifice himself on the cross and meet our greatest need. The bread represents Christ's body. The juice represents Christ's blood. And we take in God's love, God's amazing love through communion. And then I want you to think of the offering as God's love flowing through us to meet the needs of the least of these locally, regionally, and globally. So I'm gonna pray. And then during this next song, when you're ready, you can walk over and, and pick up your communion. We've got communion in one basket. Our communion is open to anybody who says yes to God's love through Jesus. And then you can give your offering in the other basket and return to your seat and take communion when you're ready. God's love to us in communion. God's love through us, uh, through the offering to help those locally, regionally, and globally. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for demonstrating your great love for us by sending Jesus into this world to die on a cross for our sins so that we can live with you now and forever. Thank you for the most generous act in all of history. And God, thank you so much for putting some great opportunities in front of our church today to demonstrate your love and meet important needs and make a, a bigger impact for Jesus in our community and region and around the world. God, I, I pray that we would trust you with, with what we have today, with the treasure that you've given to us. We ask you to use these gifts that we give today to show your love and your compassion and change more lives for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen.